What's going on, guys and gals? My name is Chris Tonwald, and this is Ambition Radio. This is a podcast where we try to find people that have found that balance between their life, family, career, and the pursuit of their passions, dreams, or hobbies. This week, we have Jordan Pickens from Squid Ink and Cosmic Cabin. Jordan has been playing with Squid Ink for years and more recently started diving into his side project, Cosmic Cabin. He released his latest album, Spastic Thoughts, a couple months ago, and we talk about the differences in the writing process between the two projects and how he balances those projects with his career and family. It was refreshing to hear how he approached Cosmic Cabin, and we talk about how the internet has really opened up a whole new avenue for people to explore music all over the world. Check out all his upcoming shows with Squid Ink and his albums under Cosmic Cabin via the links in the show notes. As always, please rate and review on iTunes, follow me on Spotify, and subscribe on Google Play, or however you get your podcast. Thank you for everything. Here's the show. Enjoy. So that Brian Wilson book, what what is that? Biography. It's a autobiography, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I had one one friend that does a... We definitely don't need that. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> um, I had one friend that was in, uh, I think he's still in a um, a Beach Boys tribute band, which is interesting because they, they do, it, it just expands so much different kind of music too that yeah. I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. That's until, everywhere. Yeah. And then even when I was talking to Mike um, from Monster House, the... What was the the Pet Shop Boys? Not the Pet Shop Boys. Um, pet Sounds. Pet Sounds. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, just that's one of his favorite albums from yeah, me what too. I remember, which didn't make any sense to me because the style of music that I know that he yeah. plays aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was it was just cool because then you're you're thinking about all the different sounds that it makes and then the way that it's created. It's a completely different approach than what you even like hear if you're just casually listening to mm-hmm. it. And I didn't even realize that until like going deeper into it and then reading some some of the stuff about it, watching some of the documentaries. And I think it was Brian Wilson that did most of the writing for that, right? Yeah, all of it. He writes everything. Yeah. He's like a coach. He, they, the vocals are like instruments, and he sits and writes individual parts, teaches it to them. Now get and go do it, especially yeah. on Pet Sounds. Before that, it was a little looser, and then it gets really tight at that album. Yeah, I I never understood it, and it, it made me appreciate approaching music a little bit differently, mm-hmm. and listening to and doing more research on it because it, like, you listen to albums now, and you listen to songs, and you think that it's a lot of the pop ones, right? You think it's just okay, they're doing some of the same chords, same kind of vocals, and same everything, but there's way more thought into it. Mm-hmm. So, like, what you did with Cosmic Cabin. Because um, you just released your second album? Second album, yeah. Is that right? Oh, okay. third. No, third. I even forgot. I put, <laughs> I put a lot out really quick, and then now I plan on taking my time. But, okay. yeah, I was trying to get a lot out fast for some reason. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> so you did that. That was your third album, and then you have all the Squid Ink stuff too, right? Yeah. Cool. So when I was listening to some of that, and then now that – so I, I was just telling you off mic that I've, I've become in this little rabbit YouTube rabbit hole for different YouTube channels, different music creators and stuff like that, that has made me appreciate all the different music so much. Yeah. Um, the, the dude that I was talking about, Andrew Huang, he re- does field recordings. So he'll record uh, pianos crashing and, and falling and... Uh, tires and just the different ways but also makes those into beats mm-hmm. and effects with the, the pitches and just blew my mind yeah and i don't know how you approach the the way that you write music with cosmic cabin especially compared with squid ink but can you talk to me a little bit about that they're both completely different i'd say squid ink's completely traditional mm-hmm. where i write I always write music first. I've never wrote lyrics first in my life. I don't even know how that works. Some people tell me they do it, and I don't even understand how that happens. <laughs> I always filled the music and write the melodies and the words to that. Okay. So I now I write on bass. When we first started, I was a guitarist. We've switched lineups three times. We've had originally four guys. It's always been me, Mike, and Jake. We originally right. had a bassist named Alex. He's gone. And then me and Jake actually would switch bass and guitar around. 
And then the fourth lineup would be me on bass and vocals, lead majority of the time, probably 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, Jake sings a little. Mike on drums, Jake on guitar, and John Merritt joined us on keys and trumpet on this last album. Okay. Spent that slow over here. And I'll bring the song to them, just the bare bones. And I never direct, I never tell them the thing. I say, do what you want. I don't want to tell them what to do. I want right. them to feel like it's their song too. If I have a suggestion, maybe I'll tell them, but I really try to keep it minimal. Okay. If like I wanted to get quiet at a part, I might say, hey, let's quiet down right here just to keep dynamics going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And be able to use a little yeah. bit of space in there. Yeah. So I'll come in with the chord sheet for myself. And sometimes John, he's got like perfect pitch. I don't tell him a word. He just knows what to play every time. So that's awesome. Jake, me and him will review a song before we play it. Right. Mike, I don't talk to his drummer. I don't even know what drums do. <laughs> <laughs> drums just happen. That's that, that's really funny. I like that. I don't I don't even know what they do. They just make sounds. They, they make sounds. There. I kind of get it, but I really don't at the same time. <laughs> well, does that – so have you learned any – I think we, we talked about this as far as the different instruments because you're mostly guitar, right? Originally, yeah, I've built a lot since. Right. Yeah. So when we when you look at that, especially with your electronic stuff with Cosmic Cabin, and I assume you're using drum machines and mm -hmm. and beats and stuff like that. Does yep. that help you understand yeah. the other instruments better? Yeah, definitely. Timing and pockets and where to come in and out, and I think it helps both with both bands, with or both bands with both Projects. my project yeah. and the band, and. I think I think about the other guys more just from doing that now than I probably used to. Like, hey, I try to give Mike more breathing room, maybe on the drums. Mm -hmm. I might lay back more than I used to because I, I want to be a busy player. Who doesn't? Everyone wants to be up front right. and be busy right. bodies. Right. But I try to lay back and give sometimes just the drums to space to breathe will make them stand out and sound way better. That's awesome. I'm yeah. glad that you're, you're able to kind of figure out how that dynamic works a little bit better too. Yeah. So when you approach uh, Squid Ink, we're looking at being able to really communicate with the other band members, mm -hmm. give them space on, on what to do, hopefully bring that all together, yeah. right? And then with Cosmic Cabin, do you find yourself in kind of like a, a tunnel a lot of times and just kind of like this is my own escape from yeah. everything? It's weird. I've never written a song ahead of time. I write them while I hit record. So it's a different process than anything I've done. I didn't know I was going to do that when I first started, and I accidentally made the first album that way, <laughs> which is all instrumentals. <laughs> so it sounds funny. <laughs> I just was like, I like this. Uh, I'll write a part. I'll let it play till I can't play anymore. Okay. And then I'll decide where to cut it off, if I even cut it off. And then I'll hit record on the next instrument. I'll grab a different instrument and literally improv it and hit record over it. If it sounds good, I keep it. If it doesn't, I'll redo it. And I might even do that later with different tracks, different drums, and just keep building in different processes and take things out, maybe add more later. It's kind of really random. That's that's insane. That, okay. that That is a process that shouldn't work, but I feel like does probably, right? Yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. uh, that's I called the first album Chain of Thought because of that, which was the idea of... Uh, in the moment writing and right. I read about that online that chain of thought is just linking things over and over random things so I was trying to do that at songwriting and it's really it's really weird but I really like it yeah I mean there's there's a lot of books um, the stream of consciousness kind of stuff yeah. where it's it's really just almost all one big sentence and one big thought that you're having that's what I do yeah <laughs> I like it all right and with with Squid Ink, is it a little bit more structured? Is it? It's both because we have structure until a point, and we always say this is the improv spot. It could go ten seconds. It could go five minutes. Who knows what's going to happen? Almost on every song, we consider ourselves it, the old terms jam band. I I don't right. necessarily right, right. always like that tag, but it's just means we improv. Yeah, it, it kind of gets to the point, but also sometimes have a negative connotation. We don't do 30-minute fish jams. And I like fish. There's no nothing wrong with that. But we it, don't go on for 30 minutes. It's a lot. I, yeah. yeah. We keep it minimal. Like, if both guys took a solo and there was a drum fill and I did a cool bass line, oh, that was great. Let's go ahead and move <laughs> on. Have you, um, with Squid Ink, are you 
you're the one that are pushing most of the song ideas as far yeah. as the skeletons go. Yeah, and this last album was all me except for one was Jay. Well, it's funny. The, there's actually three tracks on the new album. Or the instrumentals are total improv also in the studio. We never talked about them. We actually just played it. Uh, one track has a fade in, so we actually didn't like the first few minutes. So that was actually my idea. I was like, let's just go in. If we don't like the beginning, once it gets to the part we like, we could do fade in and fade out. The other two tracks, we liked the whole entire thing, so we actually just left it. Um, the first instrumental is uh, has the fade in, so we actually did like eight minutes before that song starts. That and was just, just totally <laughs> cut out. And Mike Bridget either threw in his recycling bin uh -huh. or, or is on his computer. Yeah, yeah and just throw it out. It's fine. But Jake wrote, as in he led the improv. We okay. have songs where either him or I will lead it. Um, hopefully, John, our keyboardist, will get to a place to lead one day. I don't think drummers lead improv. I don't know how that works. Mm. I listen to the melody or the, the key, right. and I try to pick up what Jake's doing, and then I also follow what Mike's doing at the same time. And the keyboard guy just follows whatever, no matter what. He's good. And you want it as more of a, a balanced approach to everything, right? You want to be able to have everybody have their say in it? Yeah, always. Fantastic. If they came to me and each wrote a song, I'd be okay with that. But they are, think they're okay with me writing, the majority. All right. I like that. I like that. Um, when when you're looking at Squid Ink, I think one of the, the things – how many albums do you guys have out? We have one EP, two albums, and a single and a B-side. Right. Okay. So you have your own original music in there that's plenty in there. Now, when you're doing shows, is it mostly original music now, or are we doing covers? I How think, does that work I for think you? we're the uh, – odd man out in the area i don't think anyone else does like us as far as i know we do about 50 50 okay and on the original i mean the covers rather we don't play them verbatim we take them and make them our style whether mm -hmm. it's funk reggae jazzy and then we also add improv sections and we will find songs that share similar keys or values and make three song mashups that somehow flow in each other and then flow into two of our songs and then it'll jump back to another song revisit the first song and they usually follow me because I'm singing. Right, okay. So I'll pick up and I, you know, I could throw a hand up and Michael no jump back to that song. Nice, okay. And then with the, so with the covers, how does that affect your original writing? Are you finding new stuff that are in these cover songs that you actually like and, and take with you and kind of incorporate with anything? Yeah, I think simplifying. I, th I think things are always harder than they are. We were... I decided let's play Fame by David Bowie. Mm -hmm. I did not know the whole song is F over and over. It's literally the same note, basically, except for once or twice. There's like two extra notes. I would have never thought that when you're listening to it until I went to play with it and learn it. I'm like, holy crap, this bass line's the same note over and over. <laughs> <laughs> so makes it easy on me, actually, when we're yeah. going to play that song. But funny enough, I started, we were playing it once, and then I realized Hot in Here by Nelly is the same exact thing, so I started singing that over it. And then That's we do uh, one of our songs in F, so we'll jump into that. So we try to not stop. We don't like talking between songs. We're all a little shy, just slightly. Just a slightly. So yeah. It's really weird. Like we we don't know what to say, so we just like say random things. So we try to play as much as possible. That's funny. To talk less. That's funny. Did you find it easier to get more gigs when you were doing more covers, or is it something where? You're like, well, I really want to focus on the original stuff. How did that work for you? We started originals only, and I was hardcore about it. And I realized we never made any money <laughs> really quick. <laughs> the only shows we did were pay-to-play, which I refuse to do now, through mm -hmm. doing it about three or four times. I, could, I can't take it. It's too much pressure. And then they're kind of rude to you, most of them, if you don't do a good job selling tickets. I sold 16 tickets. Why didn't you sell 50? Right, right, <laughs> right, right. If you weren't happy with 16, it would be like in Baltimore, so it's hard to even get that many people up. Right. Um, so we started doing this, and we'll, I don't say we lie, but we don't, we sell ourselves as just what we are. I never say when we are hitting a bar or a venue up, I never say we do all covers or originals. I just say, here's our originals, we play covers. I don't tell them the amount, and sure. we get shows. And then usually we've gotten shows from word of mouth or just playing a place or opening for someone. But it covers do help get you gigs. If we sure. kept playing originals, we wouldn't get invited right. back. People want covers. You you figure that out quickly, yeah. especially at a bar, at a regular old bar. But the, would they pay you well? 
and I'm still playing half the night my own songs and selling our CDs there and that's, T-shirts. That's not bad. Hey, I'm still happy with it. Yeah, that's I hated it covers originally. I actually started liking it when we started doing it. I thought I was always going to hate it. When I started saying, well, I could take these words and mm-hmm. – put it in our own style we play all the small things in a complete w reggae style the blink okay. 22 song that's a song i'd be i d- wouldn't want to play regularly right it's a not our style at all but when we put it in our and everybody that's the song that everybody starts singing in a bar if you if you play that at midnight anywhere the whole place starts singing with you <laughs> that that's great so when when you started playing covers was there a specific uh set that you were looking for like was it to your point for the all the small things right so everybody knows that song they love it song so are you looking for now like the top 40 are you looking for how do you how do you approach that to kind of be like all right these are the ones that we want to it's hard for me because i hate modern top 40 so bad i try so hard and i don't like any of it literally none of it i i think i hit the age maybe where it's i think it happens when you get older maybe Right, right i always thought it wouldn't be me I, my my mainstream music died with MGMT. That was the last I think mainstream <laughs> band I loved, and I don't think that they're much, very much mainstream anymore. <laughs> no, no, they're they're not. And so it's hard to do that. So I noticed our we do, I guess you could say top forty, but they range from 1968 to about 2005. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the modern market's really I can't play stuff I don't like. It's just not possible. I won't fake it. And you don't you don't see any real difference with uh, people liking your stuff or not, right? No. Yeah, they just play yeah. the classics and keep going, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. Um, when when you guys first started playing shows and like what you talked about, you were very much original music. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. When was that point where you're just like, okay, well, this is not going anywhere? And do you think that's more of kind of the, the area that you're in or just the the music that you're playing or have you thought about any of that stuff? Everything. Everything you said. And area, definitely like right here. Like we're in the plate right now. Mm-hmm. If you play around here, people love country music and they love sometimes metal, but mainly country music. And we don't play country music at all. I don't have anything against it. I love bluegrass, actually. I used to play it. But I like what I like, and it's typically rock music and, right, with, right. and something I want to improv. People don't always like that. I'm kind of do the if you don't like it too bad deal. So around here, we do, I think we probably do decent, but of course you go to a city. We do well in Alexandria. We just played D.C. the other day. I was all right. Um, it was rainy and cold and freezing yeah. rain, so that kind of sucked. Yeah, I think I put yeah. a damper on the on the show a bit. Um and we actually, in the summer, we travel to all our beach areas, uh, Ocean City and Lake Anna and Virginia Beach. And because our style of music, that we always do well there. Yeah. I think that fits in. And we'll play boardwalk shows. We'll play all the beach bars and tiki places. And Are you looking for other bands to play with, too? Depends. Have you been? Okay. Uh, we do when we play, uh, funny enough, of course, the more well-paying gigs. Uh, we will ask for openers because we can then spare it. It's mm-hmm. not pulling in the cash at all. If it's a place in Alexandria where we're making three hundred bucks, then we don't want to open it because it's already not that right. much money. Because it's a it's a basically a standard rate for you no matter what. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And it can jump up and down. Uh, weirdly, uh, there's a place in deep southern Maryland. I'm trying to remember exactly where it is. It's by the uh, St. Mary's College called the Green Door. Yep. You probably know it. They pay really well. I don't know why other bars can't pay that well. <laughs> and every time we play there, I'm like, why can this random Southern Maryland bar Man, that... pay us so well? And then this other bar that's just as filled, sold probably more drinks or just as much, won't pay Not us so much. even 200 bucks, and we won't play there then. When you're, appro- when you're approaching it, are you finding – Places are now a little bit more open to original music, or because that—that's what I'm seeing more and more. That I think the local musicians around here, especially down in St. Mary's too, they've kind of come together a little bit better mm-hmm. and are playing more um, original music. Uh, back when I was booking shows, I was kind of my whole idea is to try and bring as many people from as many different counties to try and and do what basically they're trying to do now, which yeah. is kind of show off all the, the bands that are in the area. 
So do you have a good relationship with everybody? And is it something that you really want to be able to see grow too? Absolutely. And I think we could personally do a better job being playing with other, we, we don't play a lot of shows with other bands too much. And I think it's for multiple reasons. Um, we do that. We do long winded sets with improv. So we can't right. help it. We always right. do want to play a lot when we right. take the time to set up everything. We actually like playing three hours. Some bands don't even like to play. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot long. of work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm looking forward usually to playing that long and a lot of people don't want to do it. So they want an opener, but I would like to get to know the more the local scene better. Sometimes I'm a, stay in my house kind of guy and i struggle i think that's everybody yeah, yeah. zelda's out you know good movies <laughs> yeah exactly exactly uh we were just talking about how you have this this uh 100 essential films what is a scratch off for for everything yeah. which is just insane to me because i i really really like it you have a lot of work left on yeah it. more than half i think yeah so that's 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 really good and we'll we'll kind of <laughs> circle back to that a little bit but uh, being that's, that's one of the things that I struggle with is I want to be able to put out more content. I want to be able to mm-hmm. engage more. I want to be able to play more, not play more, but be able to like get everything out more. But I also just want to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so with, to your point, as far as, you know, you want to be able to go out and, and connect with, with everybody here. Is it something that you are conscious of you're, you're working on? Yeah. Is it something that you talk to the, your band about too? Yeah. We are doing that. Actually, we're doing a show with a year too late, mm-hmm. uh, shallow deep and ism. Okay. And it's that warp tour. That's something we normally wouldn't do. And right. It's a mix of things. It's not our genre at all. We don't play punk rock. I have grew up on it. I love it, but I've never been in a pure punk band. We've dabbled in it on our early stuff and we actually totally abandoned it at one point <laughs> just to keep the groove music going because right. just mainly from the venues we were playing responded to that i think it kind of i think sometimes mixing genres almost turns people off yeah. you know, we had multiple people say we love your reggae songs but we don't like your punk songs and then vice versa <laughs> so well, i think you're good at what you're good yeah, at i think so too yeah and but we're doing that we're doing goldfinger which is fun because yeah, it's I mean, very scout punk, exactly yeah. so this the bass lines are insane. So I've I, I really been doing my homework. I, I'm not used to Scott. Scott's crazy bass lines, and I sing. Scott bands, you notice the bass player never sings because he's playing 100 miles an hour. Right. So right. we're trying to figure it out how we're doing it. We actually, we've been practicing for weeks, and we got it down, but it's definitely different. I'm not used to playing crazy walking bass lines all while singing yeah. high punk songs. Yeah, that's good. that's <laughs> going to that's gonna be a little bit of a challenge for yeah. you, right? Yeah. But I got it. I feel like we already we've been practicing. I feel feel comfortable. When is that it. show? That is March twenty third. Okay, Saturday. So that's right the corner. Yeah, okay, cool. couple weeks. Um, were you approached by everybody, or how how did that work? A uh, year too late's putting it on. They asked us. That's that's really cool. Yeah, which is nice. Like I think our our drummer Mike is the social butterfly of the group. He goes out to every. Sh- he's the opposite of me. He wants to go out every <laughs> night. I see him in on Facebook on all the open mics. Right. I'm like, thankfully someone's there representing right, right, us. Right. While I'm sitting here trying to go to bed at nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you have. Um, I mean, not to to knock anybody else, but yeah. obviously you have. Um, your nine to five that you do, you, yeah. you have seven to three, seven to three, <laughs> right? Yeah, oh, that's early. I don't think I like that at all. Um, and then you have, uh, you know, the Squid Ink as a project. Then you have Cosmic Cabin as a project, and then obviously your family and, and mm-hmm. your friends and all that stuff. So when you're, because this is a super nice setup. Uh, we're we're at Jordan's house right now. Oh, thanks. And this is, I mean, he's got everything that you want. Um, but with, with that being said, do you find that you are sometimes putting your family and friends off to the side because of music and vice versa? I'm pretty good about balancing it. I feel like I'm not terrible at it. Um, as much as it sucks to be early, getting off with three helps actually being able to do all those things. Uh, I usually only if, if I do music, especially cosmic cabin writing, Three hours max. I can't go past that. I usually I'll stop. I'm like that's enough. I eventually I get to the point where I realize I'm brain dead, and I'm just trying to. F- I don't <laughs> want to ever force anything. If it's not fun and in the moment, I don't want to do it. So I stop at a point. Um, we practice every week, so that's always fine. We Wednesday or Thursday, mm-hmm. depending on our John's schedule. And 
uh, my wife and I work the exact same hours, so we're oh, pretty nice, pretty okay. much can can hang out all the time when whenever we need to between all that. And we don't have any kids, so that makes it real easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's great. So does she like most of what you do? Yeah, she's really into it. Yeah, she actually sells our shirts and CDs at every show. She comes nice. to all of them. Nice. She does the merch. How does she feel about all the silly sounds that you're making with Cosmic Cabin? Oh, she's usually got her headphones on over <laughs> on that couch, and she is uh, supportive. And she actually, I always, I always say, all right, what do you think of that one? Is that bass too loud right there? She actually gives a lot of random feedbacks. Like, I play it on the surround sound in this room. I play it on these speakers. Uh-huh. Uh, when I test sounds, I actually, I'm anal about it. I'll go from these speakers. I'll then go to listen to this sound system. I have a subwoofer over there, so I know, well, the bass could sound great in here, but in the car, it's going to sound like crap. Right. It's right, going to rattle right. the car to, to death. So right. then I listen to the car, and then I listen to my headphones. I listen to four places before I put anything out. That is insane, yeah. I think. And I, I, think I, I take actually... notes. I have a notebook where I scribble really? madness down on every single one, and then I try to find the perfect in-between. All right, so we were we were talking earlier with, do you do that with both both bands? Because with the Cosmic Cabin, you were talking about your your stream of consciousness kind of yeah. way of, of writing. So you're you're just getting your ideas out there, right? And mm-hmm. then this is the post production. Yeah, it's post production, right? For total post production when I'm finished. It's almost like the exact opposite then, where you're just letting all your ideas flow, and then you're yeah. just like, now I need to make them hammer into something yeah. else. Right? I actually will typically write like. 15 songs and then decide which are the best and then mix them i don't like write it then mix it i abandon it and then i do all the mixing at once hoping to have a cohesive sound because i feel like if i'm doing it all at once it'll most likely right. blend, blend better together so where do you get your your inspiration for cosmic cabin because it's such a big shift from kind of the reggae dub yeah. of of squid ink it started with wanting a guitar outlet because I started playing bass. So I was like, what's my new guitar thing? I need to come up with something. And I decided to make my own home studio, not knowing a thing. I was like, I'm just going to do it. That's the best way. If you don't jump into something, I don't think you ever do it. That's how I feel. I never do anything unless I just go as deep as I can without even knowing. So I buy stuff crossing my fingers and I'll sell it if it doesn't work out. Uh, Buy the stuff and simultaneously learn how to record and kind of play keys. I really didn't play keys before I was in here. And it all started with, I love this video game music for this game called Fez. I don't know. It's an indie game. Uh, There's actually a movie, a documentary called Indie Game the Movie, and I saw it on there years ago. And then I wanted to play the game. And I love the music more than anything. This guy named Disasterpiece, that's what he goes by his his music Mm -hmm, name. mm -hmm. And... I was like, well, I really like his crazy reverb sense. They were like really, it's almost ambient, but it was really powerful. It's like amped up ambient synth music. And I said, well, YouTube's there. Let me just dig into YouTube. He had a whole seminar from a college. I was like, that's awesome. He's like, I use Logic. Here's how I record it. Here's how I did this. Uh, I use massive keyboards. I was like, oh, I'm going to buy massive keyboards. <laughs> I went online and bought massive. I got a keyboard. It's just a MIDI keyboard, so I run yeah. plugins. Yeah. It's not. I can't make any sounds on its own if I plug it into an amp. Right. But I have a full keyboard back here just to play different plugins. And I just decided to really get into synths over guitar at first. I actually didn't even have a way to plug the guitar in. I didn't. I didn't really think it through. I bought the programs without thinking, how am I going to put a guitar to this? That's funny. So you didn't even have uh, an I didn't have the input. Yeah, anything. I had oh, nothing. I'm just wow. like, I'm just going by the seat of my pants. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to just make synth music for a minute. And I practiced and probably recorded five songs. And I was like, all right, I got this. Let me go to Island Music, which is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And I just went and talked to him. I was like, how do I make my Logic have guitar sounds? <laughs> I'm really dumb about it. I had no clue. He's like, here, you want this. All right. <laughs> I had a worse one than that. That one's decent. And then I've upgraded since sure, for guitars. Yeah. And then I just started making, actually, the first song I had vocals on it. I quickly deleted it. I was like, I want to just do instrumentals. I don't want to step on squid ink toes. I actually was trying to keep it as different as possible. Okay. I was like, I don't want to even make those guys go, why is he doing this? He shouldn't right, be having right, another right. project. Not right, that right. they would. That's my phone. <laughs> Through my iPad, actually. <laughs> and I then kind of just took it one minute at a time, one day at a time, and really just figured, okay, this is how I record. 
this is how I get a synth bass. And I found out through more YouTube videos how to build my own tones, which is my favorite thing on Massive. So I'm not using presets. I actually sit there and twiddle knobs until I get a sound I like. They're really good at letting you build and save your own tones. It's got like an endless... Yeah. And I don't know what things do. Just say, I'm not like, this knob does this. Right. Sometimes right, right. I do, but most of them I'm like, I don't even know what this knob does, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. I mean, that's... So I've been trying to figure out how to record and like mm-hmm. post-production with this as much as I possibly can. And it's amazing to live in a time where you can be secluded but also have access to literally everything Mm -hmm. and i think that story kind of that's that's how a lot of musicians kind of can get started i i literally i just saw a uh, a video that just blew my mind of this guy that's probably like 70 something um and couldn't something where he got sick or something and couldn't leave the house as much right Mm -hmm. and then he started making music and he started producing and now he produces trap music okay which is insane to me but he just like he's been producing for the past six years and that if i can find the the video i'll um i'll post it with the episode but it's it was something that was just inspiring to me it was like how it's amazing to have full access to everything and to your point you know yeah. you've, you've been playing guitar for years mm-hmm. and now you're in this whole other world that you can really fall into pretty simply yeah. just by like looking stuff up and finding something that you really like and then going with it, right? Yeah, definitely. And having the freedom to fail in my own house and no one know about it, it is different than having a producer sitting in the corner and you're a little nerve-wracked. It's nice to just have total freedom be like, all right, that doesn't sound good, that's <laughs> trash, and sit here and just try as many weird sounds as I can until I find the right ones. That, that's awesome. Do you, do you approach... Squid Ink a little bit differently now, too, because of this the stuff that you're making? Mm, uh, no, I think it's the same, honestly. I think I'm a little more open-minded about things and how things work, but I'm still, I still usually just write, right now I write bass lines and right. sing over those and just bring it to the guys. What do you guys think? And if they like it, we use it. That's awesome. So it's, okay. So this is really your... You're free to kind of roam and do, and anything. do whatever. And right? I've, I've left it that way. So I actually have a list of bucket list albums that started too. So I have ran, I'm, I'm into themes. Even I don't necessarily put it out there that this is a concept album because it usually every concept album I've loved, I, who knows what the real concept right, is. Right, right, You're right. You're like, why is it? I, I hear that there's concepts to Mars Volta album. I couldn't tell you why it's a concept. <laughs> what the hell's it's going just, on? There's so much. It's it's so much. Uh, mine have been instrumental. So the first concept was the chain of thought. I was trying to figure out how just to, I just wanted to write without thinking. Ever write? I never sat and was like, here's the chord progression. I literally just wrote in the moment and then wrote the other parts to those parts and would build off of that, whether it's half a song at a time, a whole song, writing in 16 bars at a time. It can go in any form or fashion. And then I had an EP follow-up, which was, which was literally just leftover tracks that did make that first album. And um, then I wanted to try the next one's called Sun Damage, and I wanted to see that process with vocals. So there's six vocal tracks on that album. And that was the concept behind that one was a melancholic summer album. Summer albums are always happy. Yeah, I wanted yeah, to yeah. make a sad summer album that you'd listen to in the dark in the summer. That's funny. Summertime while riding around. <laughs> That's funny. Who did that? That was um, some <sighs> Lana Del Rey. That summertime madness kind of yeah. thing where it's it's supposed to be yeah, to your point, it's supposed yeah. to be nice, happy. That's where you find yeah. love and go have have fun and all that stuff. But no, there's a whole other side to it. Yeah. yeah. And indie rock is something I don't get to explore with Squid Ink. Those guys aren't into that. That's something <clears throat> I'm into. I love the bands like Beach House and Real Estate. And we do we don't really touch on that. And since I'm playing guitar, I can do this cool shimmery appragio music on that album right, especially. Right. And so it was weird. I wrote the music without even thinking lyrically or how I was even going to do it. I said, let me just write these songs, imagining there will be vocals on it so I can't go crazy the whole time. And then I'll just write the vocals when I'm done. And I did. I, I just wrote in, I wrote eight instrumentals. And then I chose two to keep instrumentals. The other six, 
I played probably, I was just playing a loop and I'd write the lyrics to it. And then I just recorded vocals over them once I had it. Do you find when you're writing music, because um, with Squid Ink, it, the vocals are a big, bigger part of that mm-hmm. than I would assume yeah, Cosmic Cabin is, right? Yeah. So do you find when you're writing Cosmic Cabin that you don't write music that is conducive to vocals at all? Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. So yeah. how do you combat that? Because I, I think that's, that's something that's, that's interesting. Um, some of the, the, the people that I follow on YouTube and some, and some of the, the musicians that I've, I've talked to, you know, if you don't have vocals in mind, a lot of times that melody and that, that way to really exactly. like build the, the whole song really isn't there as much. So how do you, yeah, how do you combat that a little bit? When writing Squid Ink song, I'm already thinking where the word's going to go, even though I'm not writing the words first. Right. I definitely am writing a riff. I'm like, oh, is this going to be the intro? Is this going to be the cool jam part? Or is this going to be the outro? And then I'll kind of designate. I, I write, I keep little basic, I in all of my head, I have a riff library. I wrote that, I have ones I wrote 10 years ago. I'm like, one day that's going to go somewhere. How do you not just have it written down? How do you remember all that? I that's don't know. I We put, we have, uh, at shows, I think we have 60-something songs right now. I remember them all somehow. And that's insane. I have a, a weird skill since... I've been in high school bands. If I forget the words, I'm good at rhyming on the spot. And people usually don't know. If you make up a line, it's okay. No one has no idea that you just made up a whole line. Yeah, you just keep the show must go on. Yeah. Don't, if you I, stop, that's when it's weird. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, so there was – talking about if you stop. So there was um, – I, I talked about this on, on a, a previous episode a long time ago. But there was this band um, – said beach house this band beach slang that i I saw i know them yeah so when i went to go see them it was with uh cursive and cursive was doing their 10-year anniversary i think i think it was 10 year of um ugly organ yeah and they were supposed to play the whole album and they didn't play it from the back they they kind of did new songs they did old songs they did that and then it just it irritated me that's that's a whole other side of it (laughs) Beach Slang would, in, in this one show, would stop the, the whole song in the middle of it to talk about how this person like wrote this bass line and how great it is and how, what the story was with it. And I was just like, this is, I don't think this is what you're supposed to no. do. I don't like it. <laughs> just continue to play. And then to your point, you know, if you forget lyrics, yeah. just keep going. Just, yeah. it, it, you're going to throw your whole rhythm off. Like, it exactly. just, just. No one's going to care. No one's going to no. pay attention. Someone might come up to you after it and be like, that's not how that's supposed yep. to go. I think Why it's happened to me that? once. One time out of all yeah. the shows, yeah. I'm pretty sure that. Who cares? Exactly. <sighs> yeah. That was, that was one, of the, um, one of the most interesting experiences that I've yeah. had. Uh, I've been to a lot of like 10th anniversary, 20th anniversary shows. They always play the album <laughs> that yeah, they're saying they're yeah, going to. Yeah, 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 Even yeah. if it's not in order, they're going to play it. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was it was wild. It was it was very wild and then like I remember Cursive didn't even finish the whole album during their first set. They had to do an encore to get the rest of the album out and I was just like this is not this is so painful. Yeah, so painful. I was like this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. I was I was really excited about it and now I'm not. Um that's yeah, so that's interesting. So with Cosmic Cabin, um, because I, I've talked to a couple of people that, um, you know, they're they're playing guitar and they don't think about the space around them. They don't mm-hmm. think about the instruments around them. And, yeah. And it it's an easy thing to do. I feel like right. So, with Cosmic Cabin, are you more conscious now of if you want lyrics in there, you already know ahead of time, mm-hmm. or how do, how does that work out for you now? The only one album have I intended to have lyrics on so far, so I did write those songs thinking, okay. but I didn't go, this is going to be verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Right, sure. I purposely, I tried to avoid that because that's, this to me is not, I'm not thinking I'm going to sell a shit ton of records. This is going to, this, gonna, is, this, is, this is passion completely, this is exactly what I want to do in, in that second. And that's why I don't care, too, if I want to make a blues album later under Cosmic Album. I'll do that because it's just me. I'll, I'll just do it how I you don't have it. any restrictions no. on it. No, it's kind of fun that I can do a lot of instrumental records. And I think that's going to stay my mainstay. And I'll throw out the occasional vocal albums because I still love singing. It's fun. Mm-hmm. But I do it with Squid Ink so much. I don't plan on anything to happen to that. But if that ever 
something did happen to it, I think I'd probably sing way more because that my outlet would be gone for singing. Right, right, right. So I think I'm going to sing on the next album. My plan was to do a back and forth for a while, but I kind of just wing it. I don't know what I'm doing yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have, like I said, I have a list of Buckos albums. I'm going to throw a dart and which one it lands on. I like that. Do you have... <laughs> Do you have a library of sounds and thoughts for Cosmic Cabin that you need to go back on and work on, or is it something that yes you just... Yes and no. Yes Actually, and no. the last album, which is Spastic Thoughts, that one has a little theme, too. The first one's called Chain of Thoughts. This was supposed to be Spaz version of that. It's faster. The songs are half the length. It can change total themes or sounds within 30 seconds of the song and jump to a whole new sounding song. So it's like I wrote three songs in 90 seconds sometimes. <laughs> And just let it do what it wants. So that is, I'm going to continue with that. And where were we at? <laughs> I got um, lost in my own. Th- See, I do this when I'm songwriting. I got lost within my own themes while chatting. I remember I used two old songs, and not old songs, two ideas on the last one. Uh, one's called Can We Bounce. I love, you know what Outrun music is? No. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Drive? Yes. That okay, music so is like, called Outrun music. That kind of okay. bouncy synth appreciator with, with a little pop touch. Sure, sure, sure. I've always wanted to do that. I had the weirdest little riff, and I somehow was like, I'm going to make this transition from this riff into Outrun music. And I did that for no reason. They don't match at all. The song twists from a weird-sounding bouncy riff into that. And then it does that outrun sound for about 90 seconds and then twists into a blues outro with right. a guitar solo going over it. And that's what I was trying to do on the last album. Like, what genre is this supposed to be? I, I want people to not know what this is supposed to be. I'm trying to not stick to the same thing. And then still have it kind and of intertwine a little bit, right? As for the sound bank, I don't have a big one. Uh, it's usually... What I write for the album, there's usually a few scraps. And I'm like, I might get back to them. They might never see the light of day. That's interesting because the, the artists that I'm following now more and more are, are artists that have been doing music like yourself for years, right? So they have different snippets. They have different ideas. Mm-hmm. And some of them allow themselves to go back and, and work on them when all this new music kind of goes out but it sounds like what you're doing is you're you have maybe an idea of an album yeah at least like an idea to start right the concept yep okay so are you right so we have the concept and then we're going into okay i'm gonna approach every song like this and then you just start playing and doing whatever you want to yep whether i sometimes if i hit before i hit record i will i'm gonna open four tracks i'm gonna build two synth tones i'm gonna make a drum tone i like and work on the beat first and then i'll make a baseline off that beat and then if i don't like it i might start playing guitar and if i don't like it all hit delete and then i'll restart and we do it all over again until i find things i like typically i don't delete anything i, I like it i can find something i like and just delete within the track and continue right. moving it do you we talked earlier where you limit yourself as far as time because mm-hmm. you don't want to fizzle your brain out right yeah. so do you find where once you hit a wall, um, whether you're creating a song and you just you can't find that next part, do you just stop for the day and come back, or do you take a break for a little bit and then come back, or how does that work for you? I typically will abandon it, whether it's for a week or even a month. Sometimes I just leave it alone and never come back. Um, it's funny that I've act- I take song writing notes with Jake, who's the other songwriter mm-hmm. in Squid Ink. And he laughs at me. I know that is it's still a little different with that band, but I am I hundred percent believe this with this band is that I have never not written a song front to back in the same day for that band that we play. If I can't write it within that day, I I trash I throw it in the trash. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. I'm like it needs to be within that moment, and I want to do it all right away. So you're you're more looking for that yeah. lightning in a bottle. Yeah, feel, always. Right? That's pretty much always. I want that spark constantly with both projects. What do you do when you don't feel it? I play video games. Or <laughs> <laughs> watch a movie or go for a walk in the park. <laughs> that's, that's excellent. That, I mean, that's a good way. I mean, it, it brings you back to yeah. the beginning, right? Like yeah. That's, that's I like get inspired, too. And when I say play video games and watch movies, I do. I'm a soundtrack like maniac. I love listening to soundtracks. 
So I'm weirdly like taking notes while I watch movies and I'll look into it. I start going to Wikipedia and seeing what this guy did, looking into all his scores. And I watch movies based off scores all the time. That's insane. Like, I would never have thought about that. But if you're, yeah, I mean, if you're an audiophile, like if, if that's, if that's what really speaks to you, I mean, that makes sense. Um, when I interviewed, uh, Will Bowser from, um, uh, Ill Soul Productions or mm-hmm. Quality Touch Studios, I'm sorry. Um, we talked about, cause he's a producer, right? So we talked about how he found his kind of bread and butter influences, his, his mentors and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? And he had to go through the liner notes, liner notes of, of CDs to yeah. find those producers. So you're doing that with movies, yeah. which is and video games. Yeah, but that's that's like a it's 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 a weird. It's I like the idea. I never would have thought about it. Yeah, and I don't know why because it, it it all makes sense. Like it's all the creepy because we were talking about horror, right? Yeah. So especially with the the different creepy sounds, how they make them. Because I've seen documentaries of how they use seashells, of how they use different yeah. techniques on how to create this one thap. Like, it, it was just nuts. So are, you're finding all those different techniques and all those different musicians and yeah. and bringing them to you, right? Yep. I love John Carpenter. That was a big one. His movies. He He's insane because he directs, produces, writes, and writes the music. So it just blows my mind to even like, process how someone does that. I've looked hard. I don't know anyone else in the world who does that. So I think he he wins Artists of the Lifetime <laughs> Award, with whoever, and I don't think anyone recognizes him. Yeah. On a regular basis, yeah. everyone knows Halloween. Everyone loves that movie, but the thing is great, The Fog, and he will go in after he's made a whole movie, watch it, and sit there for three days and crank out a score in a few days. That blows my mind. He's like, oh, okay, this this needs that sound. I just can't imagine writing to a movie, and I've actually thought of writing music to silent movies just to just to practice just to see what kind of cool music could come out of it. But uh, video games, too, are a big one. I grew up loving Nintendo. Those are giant, big sounds that st- stick in your head forever. Yeah. I can sing every Mario and Zelda song probably. <laughs> Even though there's no words, I can sing them all. <laughs> you can make the sounds. Yeah. It works. Um, have you thought about doing soundtrack work or music work? Yeah, I'd like to. games? I think it's it is, seems like a hard business to get into, especially if you... I think I'm guessing they might look at degrees. I just kind of wing everything I've ever done. So I'm still going to push. Like I love pushing and try to get in and annoying people online until they listen to my stuff <laughs> and get feedback. I get feedback from random people and, and at the very least that, and I turn my music into places hoping to hear back and I'm yeah. should do that more. I actually don't do it enough. I get lost in creating stuff all the time. Yeah. I mean, what, is that something that you would, want to pursue if you felt safer pursuing it because it's such like to your point it's a harder business to get into Mm -hmm. making money off of music is is difficult right Mm -hmm. um that's why some of the the shift from squinting to covers ish you know happens right because you're not making the the money that you want from just full original shows so are you are you thinking about expanding it or are you happy with the career that you have and are you do you feel comfortable to balance your career and your your music and and the pursuit of everything right now i feel comfortable and but like everybody it's a money thing if the money was right yeah of course everyone wants to go do what right. they love right that's always the biggest part i do anything musically that i enjoy um if the money was right I don't know if I'd ever do full-time producing. I don't know if I'd enjoy recording other bands because I don't love every kind of music, and I know you probably get in that trap. So it would definitely have to be more of the artist approach of I'm making the music. I'd like to build my own studio, and I don't even know if I want to record other people. <laughs> Honestly, I know. I was like, I want to record my bands. I might start five more bands if I had my own studio. Right, <laughs> right. Well, and that's uh, that's funny because you, you didn't build your own studio for what? Almost your, your whole music career except yeah. for like the past handful of years, right? Yeah. Uh, just the last two years, yeah. Right. And actually, not even that really. Less than that, maybe a year and a half. And before that, I actually played music my whole life and kind of gave up. And I went and did the school thing. And mm-hmm. I, when I was 24, my cousin Jake, who's the guitarist in Squid Ink, asked me to play with him. 
And I was like, sure, let's do it. I've never done it. I've never really did it as, as a real band. I had high school bands that lasted three days, typically. No one would show up to practice eventually. Right. That's usually how it works. And then it just stuck. We kept playing and playing, and it still hasn't stopped. We've been doing it for five and a half years. And Excellent. so I never really took it serious at first. And I found myself later in life that I take it seriously. Um, when I was younger, I just, I don't know. I didn't believe in myself enough, I guess. Okay. Which I do a lot more now. I, I actually don't give a fuck. I think that helps a lot. If you don't care what people (laughs) think, you really can do a lot. That's a big one. Yeah. And if you feel safe enough to kind of push your boundaries out a little bit more, um, as you can kind of tell with, with the cosmic cabin that you have found an avenue to fully explore with whatever you want to. Yeah without any restrictions and then with squid ink you're finding that that ability to kind of let loose a little bit Mm -hmm. with just the the style that you really like exactly yeah that's that's great um is it so when did that happen for you was it just that you were surrounded by jake and i already forgot his name mike the drummer yeah i want to say andrew i was like that's Um, not right when did that happen as in getting into the band or yeah as in well not getting into the band but feeling comfortable enough to really keep it going and play live play live i only played a few shows before with that before that maybe th- I, probably three yeah and i jake's jake's good at feeling like it's not a big deal <laughs> just go do it if no one likes us who cares i think that kind of helped and mike doesn't care about anything in the world he's the most <laughs> like laid-back person i've ever met so I think just being surrounded by laid back people are like, let's just do what we like. And if we get kicked out of this bar forever, it's okay. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Perfect. So that's, that's a good way to approach it. It doesn't matter. It's not yeah. that big of a deal. Exactly. We're, we're playing music in, a, in our house, <clears throat> in our house. And then we're going to places that yeah. we don't give a shit. I definitely put more weight on it growing up. Thought it, like it was either way more important than it was or harder to do. I'd, right. And, you need to just try things. That's what I've really realized. I wish I realized that younger, but who cares now? I'm trying it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can let loose. And I think one of the, the nicer things, too, is that you, ha- you have a, an ability now that you're older to really pursue what you want, depending on if it's in your budget or not, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is a, a project for me that I really want to be able to pursue and really want to be able to, to get everything going. And I'm at a, a, a place where I can kind of balance out whatever I'm doing career-wise and put whatever money that I'm making into yeah. this and, and make it as good as I can mm-hmm. um, and, you know, surround myself with people that I can trust. Yeah. And hopefully they kick myself in the butt to keep me in gear and, and focused. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, the nicer things is, is finding people that, that you work with to keep you focused and then being able to still kind of escape and do whatever you want to. Right. Mm-hmm. So are, are you finding that that's a lot easier now later in life that you can just keep going and, and not, not care at all about that? Absolutely. And like you said, with the, the money part, as long as it's in the budget, the good thing about squid ink is the guys and I all are really good. If we go, well, we want to make a eight song album and we want to get CDs and we want to get a new thing of t-shirts. We're not going to get paid for three shows and we're going to take all that money and do all that stuff. So we never usually argue. We usually just kind of know that's what we want to do. So it happens. So sometimes we don't get paid because we want to provide those things. And eventually we've kind of built it to the point where everything pays for itself. Now that we have the CDs and the shirts and all that stuff, if you sell them and you up price them just a tiny bit, you can buy the next stack. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. The stickers the only thing that costs money that we just throw around everywhere. <laughs> yeah. The more more exposure, the better, right? Yeah, exactly. Do you find um, – so that reinvestment piece in yourself as far as a band and then obviously make, making a little bit more of that conscious effort to kind of turn that, that profit in there to where you can keep reinvesting in yourself and keep going. Do you find your approach to releasing albums and releasing – um, and this is for both projects. Mm-hmm. So the, the release schedule and the, and the way that, that that works for you and the, and the way that you want to promote your music, when you're promoting your music and, and getting that next album out, are you conscious of, A, I need social media behind it, B, mm-hmm. I need all the promotion and, and to make money off of it, or is it still something that you're out there to just share your music? Uh, the live shows are where we make the money. The squidding, so it's just share music. 
and we get to do that because we make money from the gigs. It's social media does help, and we definitely get lessons. At Cosmic Cabin's weird because I don't play live at all. I don't right. even know how I would play it live. Right. I don't even know how to play the songs. That sounds funny because <laughs> I write them as I'm sitting there. So I'd have to, if I ever got offered a gig, and I'd have to probably hire three guys. I'd probably hire the guys that I've already played with <laughs> and, te- and be like, we're going to sit here and learn these songs together tonight. <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's that w- all online promotion, though. And for Cosmic Heaven, Squid Ink, I do basic. I'll, I actually run all the social media for okay. the band. Me and Jake split the jobs. And Jake and Mike book. I do all social media. And John plays the keys. <laughs> he's the new guy, so it's okay. And then Mike just plays drums. Mike just plays drums and books sometimes. Yeah, and then he's he's out there doing your your band presence out yeah, in the area. So exactly. It's a, very, hey, it's a very important job. Yeah. We do the regular. We're on Spotify, iTunes, and all that fun stuff. But for Cosmic Cabin, I look for the depths of the internet. I'm going to go on this Reddit page and put my song here and see how many people actually listen to it to give me a feedback. Sure, yeah. Or I find weird websites I didn't know exist. There's a website called Indie Sound. Mm-hmm. It's just like SoundCloud, but there's not 5 million uh, trap rappers on there. Right. So right. I actually have a platform, and I actually get like thousands of listens. And I'm like, holy crap, I didn't know this platform existed, but people are listening. That's amazing. So I'm digging for the places where people aren't hoping – to be there before they're there. And if I if it doesn't work, it's just sitting there online, who cares anywhere. Yeah, I mean someone might eventually find it, but that yeah. I mean that I think that's amazing. And I, it goes back to what we were talking about with YouTube and the mm-hmm. ability to just be able to find stuff that you can be A inspired by but B learn so much for yeah. free and be able to be in a completely different, you know, where Right now we're in Southern Maryland that is still very well disconnected from a good portion mm-hmm. of everything else. Like you have to yeah. go an hour north to yeah. D.C. to get to anywhere. So to be able to connect with people from all around the world that are listening, even if it's only a, a couple hundred, that's a couple hundred that you would never have thought about. Yeah. And I, I think that's, exactly. that's pretty amazing. I think that also as – technology's gone maybe that's why i was a little discouraged when i was younger versus now now i'm like hey someone's actually going to hear it yeah uh, I, one time i think i thought no one was ever going to hear it and so i think that's motivation too just the fact that someone besides myself and my wife's going to actually hear it yeah and she's forced to hear it <laughs> she has to um do you find that different communities embrace it a little bit better as far as the the online websites um, yeah, you... SoundCloud's not friendly for my music. <laughs> like I said, that's very rap friendly, which is fine. Spotify's okay. Like I said, that a Bandcamp is super friendly. I get I get most of my lessons from Bandcamp, and that indie sounds new. And I do decent on iTunes and stuff. Gotcha. Nothing crazy. I, it's but there's in the thousands. That makes me happy. Yeah, 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 that's amazing. Is it something that you've had to learn yourself how to? Get the distribution for it. Mm-hmm. How to how all that stuff works? Is it something that you took from Squid Ink over to? Hundred percent because yeah. I learned it because I take care of that end too with Squid Ink. Um, actually, Diana, my wife, did it first, and then eventually she got too busy in life to do all this stuff. She's sure. like, "Let me show you how to do it." <laughs> oh, cool. So this she is your stuff. me you should exactly. Be doing it. Yeah. She's like, "I want to I want to do something on my own." <laughs> so she showed me. I'm like, "This is easy. It's not as hard as you think." And I actually use a website called TunesCore, which is really right, good for. Right helping you with that stuff i think they charge 60 bucks a year and they help you get it on probably 50 to 60 platforms ones mm-hmm. i've never heard of there's deezer you know that one i've never no. heard of it either, but apparently like a million people use it That's, uh, it's so insane yeah. to me who uses what <laughs> I just assumed Spotify and iTunes and YouTube, and that's it. That's yeah. That's what I. So that's what I assumed when I first launched this. So it was like, well, these are the, the the three platforms that I need. iTunes is always going to be the biggest one, um, but people listen to podcasts on YouTube. People listen to podcasts on all these other mm-hmm. podcast apps. Google. Cool. Yeah, it's I blew my mind. Yeah. I, I did not understand the breadth and and the way that they're it's an empty market, so to speak, because there's so many new apps, so mu- so much new stuff coming out. New everything. And, yeah, and <laughs> even with the, the music that you're talking yeah. about, I mean, no one knows what that stuff is, but the world is way bigger than what we think I about. can't keep up anymore. I used to, like, get the top 50 albums of the year and be, like, from Pitchfork or Rolling Stones. Like, right. I know 
45 of these. Now I know two. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. where did these even come from? Yeah. And I try to figure it out, and I, it somehow goes over my head completely. I try to stay current, and it's really hard. Yeah. I don't <laughs> it's a chore. So <laughs> I was talking I was talking to uh, one of my friends about this. Is there are it's, it's amazing to me that there are comedians, there are musicians, there are artists that are huge in other countries. Mm-hmm that sell out stadiums that oh, yeah. have millions and millions of plays that will will sell artwork for thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. that I've never seen stateside. Yeah. It it's it boggles my mind how um Jack Whitehall is one where I I was listening or not listening. I was um he has a travel show with his dad on Netflix. He's really big over there cuz he sells out stadiums and mm-hmm. then he had a movie and then I've never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. And it's that's that that blew my mind and the the fact that there's just so much out there. So, you know, the the world is out there. The world is your oyster. You just yeah. gotta be able to figure out how to eat it or something. I, I don't know. It's crazy. I'll go to like I'm going to Merryweather to see fish or vampire weekend and, and people at work be like, Hey, what are you doing this weekend? I tell them like I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. I've never heard of that band. Yeah. And just everybody's in their own bubble. No one knows everything anymore. It's there used to just be giant bands that everyone knew. Right. I don't think it's like that anymore. Yeah, and it, it just except it's, Imagine Dragons, <laughs> which used to be Nickelback. Like I feel like that's that's what it used to be, and now it's Imagine Dragons, and I, it makes absolutely no sense to me. It's got to switch eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just oh, yeah. It but that's that blew my mind is that there there's so much out there, and then like to your point, I mean, there's all those different websites, and then mm-hmm. you have all the 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 millions of people that use all this different stuff and you just hope to get like a little sliver of it. Yeah. But that keeps you motivated and keeps yeah, you going. Just right? to be heard. That's really the main goal. Making money is a bonus, obviously. And with Squid Ink, that's way more possible. I make more money. I'm trying to get into the distribution stuff for Cosmic Cabin, whether it's just to submit to possibly be on commercials or a soundtrack or something. Yeah. Uh, that TuneCore website told you actually does that too. And I can submit things through them and I need to take time to do that kind of stuff. But I like to create or be lazy half the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's such a hard, a hard thing to balance. Yeah. And that's like, that's, that's kind of the, the whole, the whole gist of, of, of what I'm doing, right? How create and be lazy and then hope that something works. It's the in-between work that sucks the most. <laughs> yes. I don't want to do any of it. And it's, it's so difficult once you get home and from your, your seven to three or mm-hmm. your regular job, right? to find that motivation to keep doing other stuff for you. It sounds like you're able to find that motivation to keep playing, to just get your voice heard out a mm-hmm. little bit more. Right. Absolutely. And then be able to share some of that music. For me, it's kind of the same thing. I want to be able to share as much from, from all my local people as, as much as possible for the most part. Yeah. Which um, is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but it's it's something where I, I struggle with motivation to keep going. Is there anything that you do specifically to help you stay focused on on music and help you keep going? Or I force myself to a point. Mm-hmm. If I force it and it's not there, like usually the getting started is usually the hardest part. So forcing the beginning, if it feels like a force, ten minutes in, then no. But just grabbing the bass or the guitar or hitting record is usually the weirdly the hardest part is just starting but right. a lot of times once i start i realize three hours went by and i'm like holy crap that was that was cool <laughs> that was fun or i wrote a song that was fun let's see if i ever use it or whatever it is right uh but i just got to make sure i feel it if i don't feel it then i'm gonna not keep trying because then it's probably not gonna be a good product if you're not enjoying it i'd assume yeah i think so yeah if you don't like what you're doing i don't yeah. think it anybody else will and even if you force yourself to make like a pop song or make something, mm-hmm. if you're not feeling it, there, I feel like you can, people can hear that. People can hear your intent. People can hear your passion, and it's you're just gonna yeah. fall flat. Yep. And when making an album, usually at around the two or three songs in part for Cosmic Cabin release, I don't stop all of a sudden. Like it kicks into gear, and I don't want to stop till I'm finished. And I work really hard. I could usually do it all within half a year. The full recording, writing, mixing, and and figuring it all out, and then getting it out takes me about six months. I want to start spreading it out more. I'm not sure if too much content's a good or a bad thing. I really can't tell. Right. We live in a weird time where 
content. I think it all depends on what you your end goal for the content is. You know, I've talked to a few different people where their end goal is to make this a money maker for them. Yeah. So they have to focus on marketing, focus yeah. on releasing, and focus on all that stuff. If and being conscious of your release, right? With you, if you're all you're doing right now is just trying to get listeners, yeah. who cares? Yeah, exactly. Right? That's why I do keep pumping it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's why yeah. I've put out three albums and an EP in like a year and a few months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put it out there, see what happens. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I like what you're doing. I think it's it's important to be able to break free from any kind of like traditional uh, stuff and be able to kind of run with whatever you want to. And yeah. Hopefully you're feeling good about everything, it does. right? It feels great. It's It feels like me, that makes sense. Like yeah. that's literally, I play every, there's no, uh, anybody else's hands on it except for the artwork. I My cousin Cindy uh, did the photography for the f- first two albums in the EP and then the newest one. I found this guy on Instagram. I just liked his art and I hit him up and he, he did it for me in three days and I paid him 90 bucks. It was great. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I um, gave him a sketch. I said, here, make this with your cool style. <laughs> that, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. This Cosmic Cabin feels more of yourself and your like true self. Not true self. Yeah, I know what you mean. Than Squid Ink where you've been kind of doing that for a good like that's yeah. an established sound, it's established. right? Established. We try not to break it too hard. We will occasionally, but we try not to. We we keep it very rhythmic and funky. And whether it's reggae, funk, and bluesy, occasionally kind of rock, but I still don't know what genre we are. We're a little bit of all of that and mixed in a bag, but we still don't want to break from, we don't want to all of a sudden put out a, a thrash record. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what Cosmic Cabin was for, Yeah, right? which I could do that if I felt yeah. like it. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. All right, cool. I think, I think that's it. Yeah. Cool, man. Great job. Thank you.